So a lot of you guys know, uh, you were here the last few weeks. We just finished up a series, Divine Direction. It was fantastic. Raise your hand if you guys enjoyed that series. Pastor Larry did an amazing job. It was, some of you didn't enjoy it or you weren't here. I'm not sure, but it's fine. Um, so Pastor Larry did an amazing job uh, really talking about kind of how we live the life that God's calling us to lead, how to know what God's calling us to do and pay attention to those things. And it was great. And for me, there was lots of things I took from it. Uh, one thing that I took from it kind of a, a few different times was really the importance of reading my Bible. Um, and that sounds silly, and it's like, yeah, obviously you're supposed to read your Bible, but for me, it was one of these things where I was like, I know I need to start getting more into my Bible than, than even for me as a pastor that I'm getting into. And the issue that came up for me, and I'm gonna make sure I've got the right crowd, or I want, I want you guys to know who I'm talking to today. The issue that comes up for me in reading my Bible is that I'm not very good at it. You can just nod, just nod at me on that a little bit. Like, I real, I know. Raise your hand if you think as Christians we should read the Bible. Okay? Raise your hands if you think you read the Bible enough. <laughs> Not one hand. Yikes. Ed, did you put your hands up? Ed reads his Bible enough. So we know we're supposed to be reading this thing, and most of us would agree we're pretty horrible at doing it. Right? We believe it. We, 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 we know we want to believe it. We know we want to give it. We, like, we get super motivated to do it. You know, some of y'all, some of y'all are posting your pictures like you got your coffee up here and your highlighter right next to it and your Bible and you got your journal and, and you know what I mean? You're, you're like, like, you got, got like this picture from like 25 feet above it straight down. It's, it's like, like this, this like, like aesthetically, you got the filters on it. It looks so amazing. You are ready to get into the word and then you get into the word and you do it and you're like, ah, I don't know what I read. I'm gonna read it again. I'm gonna read it again. Let me check that out. I don't really know what's going on. And then you read it and you kind of stay on it or you get a plan, you're like, okay, this is the plan, I'm gonna stick to this plan, every day I'm gonna read this, and then we slowly slip out of that routine of reading the Bible, right? Anybody, nod your head if you're with me. If, you, if you're not with me, you're lying, uh, just kidding. Um, some of you guys do a good job reading your Bible, but some of us really, really struggle with reading our Bible. And that's okay. Um, I wanna talk about that today, though, because I really feel like this is, this is pretty, pretty helpful. And I also feel like if all you're getting from this is 30 minutes on a Sunday, that ain't enough. Because we got lots of things against us out there, we need things for us, and the more we get into this, the more we see that God is for us, right? And so, it's tough, but I know it's difficult. And so today what I wanna do is, for those of you that might struggle with, with reading the Bible, like you're a Christian, you know you want to read the Bible, you, you know, when you hear it on Sunday, you're like, yeah, like, I can do that, like totally, like that, that made sense to me. But then if you're that person that says like, I wanna read it, I'm gonna try to read it, and then you just try to read it and it just doesn't go great, this message is for you today. And if you're like, I am solid with how I read my Bible, I can assure you that you know somebody who struggles with reading their Bible. So hopefully maybe today you take this, this is like a back pocket message for you, just keep it back there when you run into someone that says, hey, I'm having issues reading my Bible, what do I need to be doing? You've got a little bit of ammunition on like, here's what I would encourage you to do. Okay, are you with me? So that's the group we're talking to today. So the issue I think that comes up with reading the Bible for me, and again, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a little weird, but I think that our intent, right, like our priorities in why we read the Bible are kind of the problem. 
right? So most of us, if I said, why do you read the Bible? If you were completely just very transparent with me, like, I want to read this because I want to get something out of it that can apply to my life that can help me lead the life that God wants me to lead, right? That doesn't sound horrible. It's not horrible. It's not wrong for that to be a reason why you read the Bible. The problem is for a lot of us is I think that's the only reason that we read the Bible, So then when we get into something that isn't directly applying to our lives right at that moment, we're out. You know what I mean? Or we just like dive in, we, okay, God, I'm gonna read the Bible, I guess. And we open it up to a random page, we point down and we start reading and we're like, I don't know what that means, I guess I can't read the Bible. Right, because it doesn't apply to me, it doesn't help me right now, so I'm out. That's a lot of us. Don't, don't, if that's you, I promise there's, there's so many people that that's the main intent on why we read the Bible. And today what I want to do is I want to just take a look at priorities, right? I don't want to remove that aspect of you getting something out of reading the Bible. Of course I want you to get something out of reading the Bible. Of course I want it to be you to learn how to live the life that God's calling you to lead. I want that to be the case. But I think there just might be something we need to put right in front of that that's a little different and a little unique. And when I say it, it's not going to sound super weird. But when you think about if you actually do it, I think you're going to be like, man, I'm, I'm way off on this. So... Again, the idea for today, right, we're shooting to help you guys prioritize your intent when reading the Bible in hopes that it keeps us in there more consistently. And bonus for us, in looking at this approach, I think you're also going to see there might be a bit of conviction on how we're actually living our life if maybe it should follow this same approach. Are you with me? Okay, so... Again, I feel like sometimes we're a little bit selfish in reading the Bible, that we just want what we get out of it right then, and if we don't get it, we're out. So today I'm going to dive into the Bible, right? So we're going to dive into God's Word today, and I'm going to give you what I consider to be perhaps the most cliched verse of all time. And we're going to dive into this verse, and I'm going to prove our point on kind of how we look at, the, look at Scripture for us versus how I'm going to kind of present that we should potentially look at it. So Psalm 46.10 You've heard this guy before. Be still and know that I am God. Nod your head if you've heard that one. Nod your head if you've probably shared like a beautiful picture on Facebook of that with a really nice script design. And it's, you know, you might, some of you might have it tattooed on your body. Like that is like the go-to be still and know that I am God, right? I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Here's what I want to do, right? Let's do our experiment here. If I tell you, be still and know that I am God, don't lie, you're a church. The first thing you think about when you read this, what needs to happen? You got to be still, right? That's what you're saying, right? That it's be still. Be still is it, because that's what I can do. I need to be still. That's the action that benefits me the most is to be still. And we read this verse, and I'm going to dive into this verse, and I'm going to ruin this verse for you today. We think of this verse as like this really like passive, suggestive, like, hey, guys, I know things are super tough right now. Just take two minutes for yourself. Just take a couple deep breaths and then dive back into whatever you're doing. Just take a breath. Just be still. Just breathe. And it's not horrible to breathe. It's not horrible to take a couple minutes to, to, for yourself and to really, okay, where are we at, right? The issue is when you start to dive into, you know, what this scripture is telling us, contextually what's going on, and when you break down the words of the original text of how this thing is said, this, this doesn't become like a passive thing. But when we read it, we see be still, right? We say, okay, I'm taking two seconds. Just be still, deep breaths, 
All right, and know that I am God. And you're like, okay, deep breaths. Um, I know you're God. <laughs> Check, right? Like, what, is, what does that even mean? And know that I am God. Very rarely do we focus our intention on this idea of and knowing that he is God. But the be still part, we got that part down. The issue with that is that has nothing to do really with God and everything to do with us just doing what we can do, right? And being still. So watch this. If we break this down, and we're gonna break down this first and then apply it to how we read the Bible. If we look at the word be still, your Bible might say cease striving, which is a great word. This comes, we're gonna do a little Hebrew today, okay? Rafa, everyone say Rafa. That's pretty good. This is a word that doesn't mean like, hey, just chill out. It's not like a suggestive, passive verb. This is more like an imperative verb, right? This is more like a, not a rebuke, but more a rebuke than just a suggestion of God saying like, he's not saying like, hey, just relax, just take a deep breath. This is more like a, do you guys remember when you got in trouble as a kid and like your dad came in and he did that thing where he like clenched his teeth to like say, hey, you guys ever get that one? Just me? Nobody? Sorry, you had great parents and I didn't. Uh, right? So like this, hey, right? So like a little upset, right? And not like a, like a horribly, like, you know, aggressive way, but like in enough a way to say like stop, like knock it off, and you knocked it off, right? Like that's, that, this be still is a little more like that and a lot less like, hey, just take it easy if you get a second, right? That's what this is saying, right? It's saying, it's telling us to, to really be feeble, to surrender, to stop doing what you're trying to do right now. Just stop. Whatever you're doing, this thing that you keep doing, that you keep holding on to, stop doing that thing. It's not saying like you're doing this thing, take a deep breath, go back to that thing. It's saying stop doing that thing. And this is very important. If we back up here and we get a little context of the scripture, right? The context of Psalm 46. Here's a bonus in reading the Bible. Don't just read one verse. Know what in the world is going on. It's such a silly thing that we do as Christians that we just hop into the middle of a book and expect to know what in the world is going on. You would never do that with a book. Some of y'all, I know, some of you guys get mad at your spouse because she's three episodes into season one on Netflix, and you're like, I don't know what's going on now. I can't watch this show, right? You would need to know what's going on. So bonus material, read what happens before the verse that you're talking about so much because it can confuse a lot of, it can confuse you a lot if you don't know what's going on. Jeremiah 29, 11, that's a great one, right? We think that's like the verse of like, oh, God's gonna make it wonderful for us. He's got plans for us. It's gonna be amazing, and then you're, if you don't read all of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is a terrifying book. These Israelites are in exile. It's horrible. They're like fixing to give in. And God's like, I got you. I mean, you're going to suffer for 70 years, but I got you. Most of us don't have Jeremiah 29.12 tattooed on us, but 29.11 is all over the place. So bonus material, context is important. So if we read Psalm 46 here, even at the beginning, we see this is a song of the descendants of Korah. Korah was this guy in the Old Testament, crazy story in Numbers, you should read about it. He was so against God that God opened the earth and it says the earth swallowed him. 
drag, right? Like that was, that's pretty against God if God's gonna have the earth swallow you. So these are his descendants that actually became gatekeepers of the tabernacle. They kind of did a 180 on where dad was. They've seen lots of bad. They've seen lots of good. They've seen God do pretty amazing things. They've seen lots of strife in their life. And this is kind of a recount from them. They've got a few Psalms in there. Psalm 46 is one of them. And I'm gonna read you the whole thing right here. I think this context is important for today. It says this, God is our refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. As you read that, if you break that down, that's a really cool chapter. It's a cool book. The interesting thing about this is kind of a, I don't know, I guess a nerd of format of how things are written here. We got like a narrator shift, right? Like this is these guys talking about what's going on, the trouble that's going on, what God has done for them in their life, what they've seen. God is like this refuge, right? Like he's a place we go to. He provides. He's to be exalted. And then we get God just throwing in this quote right here, right? And there's a little bit of argument on like if this was because he's so mad at what happened before, whatever might be going on, we're not quite sure. But what we do know is what he says right here and be still is not, take it easy guys, I got you. He's like, hey, (laughs) like stop stressing so much about this. Quit carrying all of this. Surrender this. And then we get to the next part and know that I am God. This word and know is yada in Hebrew, say yada. What this means, and this is so important, is knowledge from experience, right? Like a relationship that you've got. The knowledge you've got from a relationship you've got from experience that you've seen. Like this intimate knowledge that you have. So what God says right here, if we break that down, is this. You've got to surrender the thing that you're holding on to right now that you will not let go, that you're positive you can only do by yourself. Knock it off with that. And what I want you to focus on is not how to fix that. What I want you to focus on is yada, is this knowledge you've got of me and who I am because I got you, right? That's yada. And I think when we read the Bible, the issue that, I'm, that I think that we've got is there's just kind of this lack of reverence for who God is. Like, we know he's God, right? He made the earth. You know, he made man. He sent his son to die for our sins. But it's like a very limited, like, reference point when I say, who is God? Like, tell me attributes of God. Explain to me the character of God. And we stumble with this a lot. And the concern that I have is that unless I fully know and trust the person that's asking me to surrender, I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to give it to him. 
I'm going to hold it for myself because I, I don't know exactly. I know I believe in it. I sort of believe in it. I think he is who he says he is, but really, I'm, I'm going to take this one. Are you with me? Like, this happens a lot. So for me, in reading this, the most important thing is not that you surrender. It's a necessary step that you must take. The most important thing is that you have knowledge of who God is first. Because without that knowledge, without that understanding, without yada, right, it's going to be very, very hard to be still. So when we apply this to reading our Bible, what I want to suggest we do is this. What if we started with yada, right? Like what if you started with just your intent is only right now to figure out who is God in what I'm reading. What does this reveal to me about who God is? Like that's your only focus, not how you can get out of the issues you've got, not how to fix your marriage, not whether you should get vaccinated or not, none of that stuff. Your concern is just focusing on figuring out who is God in what I'm reading right now. What does this tell me about God? What if you made a list of the stuff you read? This revealed to me that God was you know, eternal. He was loving, he never changed. Like, whatever it might be, and you build up like this thesaurus that you've got in your head of who God is, and that was your only focus. That sounds really weird, doesn't it? Why does that sound weird? Because how in the world is that going to help you right now? That's the issue, right? We're very, very, we want it right now. I want the one verse to fix it right now. I want the 25-minute sermon. I want to fix me for that week, and I'll come back broken next Sunday, and you fix me again there, right? Like, that's, that's how we handle so much stuff. And what I'm suggesting in reading our Bible is we shift our focus from how can this help me right now to we can get there, but the first thing we do is what can we learn about God in what we're reading here today? What does this reveal to me about God? So you've got to kind of have like this thought with yourself right now of like, where are you at with that? Like, do you have any the reverence for God on a scale of like one to 10. Are you like, yeah, he's cool. He's God. I trust him. You know, when I grew up, my parents said I had to believe in him. So that's, you know, you're still kind of hanging on to the parent faith. You feel guilty if you don't come to church on Sunday. Like that kind of reverence or like this, like you're just passionately like, I want to know more about you, God. I know all of these things from experience that I've seen from the earth I see, from the book you've given us, from the stuff I've read. All of these things, I understand your character and these attributes. Where are you at? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a choice here, okay? I'm gonna give you two great illustrations of what a great college student I was. When I was in college, it was my senior year, and I was missing a science. Why do I need a science? I am an English major, still I'm not sure. But I needed a science. Here's the deal, my GPA, not a 4.0, not a 4.0. My GPA was kind of in like this stage of like, just, it wasn't going to go up much, and it wasn't going to go down much. I just needed to pass this class. So they convinced me to take geology. What? That person is not my friend anymore. What in the world? What is geology? The only thing I got from geology are just like puns, like geology rocks, you know, stuff like that. That's, <laughs> that, is, that was the most I got out of that class. So I took this class, and what I knew is I needed to pass this class. You tell me the words I need to say, 
you give me the, the, the yeah, granite, I don't know, you know what I mean? Tectonic plates, I don't know, Jurassic period, I don't, I don't know, like I don't know, just tell me what I need to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about it, I'm gonna write it down on the test, and when that test is done, I will never think about it again, ever. That was my approach to, and if you're, if we have geology people in here, this is not a knock on you guys. This is, for me, it just wasn't, it just wasn't for me. Okay, so geology, rocks. All right, so geology, my approach was, I just need to pass, okay? So when, I, it, when we talk about like our reverence for who God is, right, and how serious we take who God is, are you more like that, right? If you had to choose, more of like, yeah, I know like the stuff I need, I'm going to heaven, like, that's good, and that is good, and I'm not knocking that part, but like, is there any more to that? Is there any more to it other than like, you just tell me what I need to know, and that's all I care about? Or you get to the other end of that, where like, I was like a, I was an English major, like a creative writing nerd, like, and you give me a creative writing class, and I am all over that thing, man. I love those classes. Like, I love the structure. I love the teachers. We got to experiment with different genres of writing. We got to break stuff down. We got to read stuff out loud. We got to critique stuff. And y'all are probably thinking that I just lost some respect for you. I didn't know, Mike. But it's fine. I don't care. It's fine. I have an English degree. It's really, really helped me out in life. Uh, it hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't. Should have done geology. Uh, so... So I've got this class, and I mean, outside of class, I'm thinking about this class. Outside of class, I'm studying for this class. I love this class. If you had to choose, and I said, your reverence of God and your approach to seeking knowledge of God, does it look more like Mike in geology or more like Mike in creative writing? Don't say it out loud. Think of that to yourself. Think about where you want that to be. Right? I think most of us, it's like we want to be there, but we just struggle with it. And what I'm suggesting to you in reading the Bible is this. Start with seeking the knowledge. Because the more knowledge that you have, the easier it's going to be for you to do the things that he's asking you to do. The easier it is for you to see like he actually does have you through it. If you come up here on Sunday and sing about, oh God, your promises still stand. That is awesome. What's not awesome about that? If you don't know what the promises are, if you don't know who God is, that does you no good. It does you no good. It feels great for a second, and you'll get like the little camp high where you're super excited and everything's going great right now, and you ask me to surrender, and I will surrender God, no problem. But then things go really bad, and you've got nothing to fall onto because you're like, I don't know, maybe he's not actually the guy that my pastor says he is. God shouldn't just be who your pastor says he is. God should be what you've experienced in your life, what you've studied, what you've been intentional about seeking so that you've got this bank of knowledge of who God is first. So when you read your Bible first, pay attention to who is God. What can I learn about God here? I'll tell you, one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced in my life is this idea that God is consistent, that he never, ever, ever, ever changes, right? When you're 18 or 19, like that, who cares? Like what, that's not that big of a deal. The more you get in life, the more life happens, how nice is consistency in people, right? How nice is knowing that no matter what you do, this guy's not gonna flip out and change on you. He's going to stay the same. And for me, that's me finding a little knowledge there that I can hold on to. 
And as you read this, if you open this up and read this, even in the Old Testament, guys, you can read the Old Testament. You're allowed. Like, you can do it. It's amazing. And what happens is you build up, right? Like your thesaurus of who God is, and you know who God is. And you see that, and you see these stories, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And you build it up, and this is, this is who God is. You've got this going on. And then what happens when we get to the part in the New Testament when he sends his son, you're like, that guy did that for me? God did that for me? You understand the significance of all the stuff that went on before, how hard he tried to love us, and how much we failed, and how he did not bail He didn't. He didn't just wipe us out and say, well, that's it. We tried. He didn't. He found a new way by sending his son. And if the first thing you hear about church is Jesus and what happens, that's not bad. It's fine to start with Jesus. I'm just saying, to get that reverence for who God is, you've got to have a knowledge. And that knowledge comes in lots of different ways. One of the ones is in reading our Bible, right? There's got to be some character development on who God is, right? Like very literary term. You need some. You need to know who God is, right? Any of you guys watch The Office? No one watches The Office. I'm gonna pray for y'all. Uh, the Office, the character in it, Michael Scott, a character, one of my favorite characters ever in a show, right? If you watch episode one of The Office, Michael Scott is not your favorite TV character ever. He's not, right? But what happens as you watch the show and the show progresses? You get to know who he is. You get to see his quirks and what goes on with him, and how he operates, and things he says is funny. You start to anticipate the things that he's going to do, right? There's character development that's going on in the people we watch, and that's why we like him so much. This is not different with God. You can just say, God is God. He's good. He makes promises to us. He sent his son. I believe that. I'm going to heaven. You can do that. I'm not saying that that's bad to do that, I'm just saying I think there's so much more for you here on earth and the suggestion I have is that when we open up our Bibles, we pay attention first and foremost to yada, right? To that knowledge. And then we can get to the be still part. But without yada, without the knowledge, it becomes basically impossible to surrender. Right? Because sometimes when it comes to surrender, we're like, yeah, I can do that. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And then it's like a small thing you can surrender. If you're like, hey, Mike, I need you to stop growing your hair out. I need you to surrender growing your hair out. I'm Mike. I can't really grow hair. So I'm like, yeah, totally. I'll lay it down at the feet of Jesus, right? I will not grow my hair anymore. But if you're like, hey, Mike, I need you to not get stressed when you preach about your message and lay that down at Jesus' feet. That's different, right? That's different. So we've got to seek that knowledge when we read our Bible. Nod your head if you understand what I'm saying. It's so important to do. It's so, and it sounds so weird because it's like, what am I getting out of that? And you've just got to trust me when I say the more you understand who God is and the more you understand these attributes that God has and the character of God and the more you see all the things that he's done through these stories throughout the Bible, the more you'll appreciate what he did in sending his son, the more you'll appreciate and the more willing you'll be to lay down your life and live not just for yourself, but to bring glory to him. You wouldn't bring glory to God if you don't know who God is, right? You've got to know who he is first. 
So that's reading the Bible, my suggestion to you. It wasn't very funny, was it? That's my suggestion to you, is to seek out who God is, yada. Get some knowledge of who, try it out. Here's the deal, it's not gonna go worse than it's going right now for you in reading the Bible, right? Like right now, you're doing okay, sort of, with the reading plan, and it's day 12, and you read three of the days, but the other nine, you're super busy, or whatever happened. Like you're, most of us, the people I'm talking to today, and you acknowledge that you were here, are the people that are having issues with reading their Bible. Give this a shot, no matter how weird this seems. Allow God to reveal himself to you. And when he does, it doesn't make life easier, but it definitely gets easier to put your trust in him. If we go back to like, who is God? And we go back to Psalm 46 and we read this, right? And I'm gonna read it again to you, okay? And I just want you to pick out who is God in reading this, right? Who do you hear God to be in reading this passage? Are you ready? God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. I'm gonna read this one a little louder. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. That's who God is. The God of Israel is our fortress. Your Bible might say the God of Jacob. I love that it says the God of Jacob. If you do a little digging on who Jacob is, not that great of a dude in the Bible for a while, right? A really, really broken person. Not a perfect person. The God of that guy, he loves that guy, he loves you. That's your God. Your God, the Lord of heaven's armies. That's who you've got behind you. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes war to end throughout the earth. This is like the coolest line ever. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know, Yada, right, that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. Your God is going to be honored by every nation. He will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Can you take something from that? Nothing to do with you. Could you pick out who God is in hearing that? And let me ask you a question. In thinking about that, isn't there like a a unique bit of peace that comes upon you in understanding who God is? So again, let's reiterate. In opening this up, Let's shift the focus less on what can I get out of this for me right now and more on who is God. That's it. But I would be remiss if I didn't break down this first for you and understand the current climate of the world right now to not say, is this perhaps also an approach that we may think about taking as Christians in our day-to-day living. Many of us right now are stressed about stuff. Many of us are working hard to fight the good fight. Many of us don't know what to believe. There's so much stuff going on. It is so crazy right now. It is insane. Just, just crazy. 
Masks, no masks. Vaccinations, no vaccinations. What's going on? Mandates. California. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's just many uncertainties, right? Sorry. Sorry, California. If you're watching from California, we're praying for you guys. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, there's just all of this stuff going on, and we're so stressed out. I'm so stressed. We're, we're trying to parent in the middle of this, right? We're trying to figure this out. We're trying to stay married. I'm trying to like this person that I'm married to in the middle of this. Like, I'm supposed to do all, and we're so, so, so stressed out, and we're so, 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 so sure on what we need to be doing and what the other person needs to be doing. And I love that conviction. I just challenge you that that conviction is coming from you seeking God first and laying down the thing that's driving you crazy before you get into announcing to everyone what they need to be doing, right? Before we, sorry, before we, does this make sense though? Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Like, it's so important for us, I'm not gonna get to preach for a while, so I can just say whatever I wanna say right now. Uh, it's so important, I think, that I'm not saying that we lose focus. I'm not saying that we don't fight the fight that we, that we feel convicted to fight. I pray that it's the Holy Spirit on your heart for it. I want that to be the case. I'm not saying that that needs to change. The thing I'm suggesting in reading this verse, which comes from the imperative verbs that God gave before us here, God is saying, lay it down at my feet first and then pay attention to who I am. Focus in just on that for a little bit and allow me to do my thing that I do. And maybe his thing that he does is through you doing the thing that you've been doing before, right? But we live in such survival mode right now, it's impossible for us to actually lay anything down. And it's going to continue to be impossible for you to lay down anything to the Lord if you don't know who the Lord is. Why would you? So for your life, I wanna present the same challenge. When you live your life, you need to first pay attention to who God is and know who God is. And some of you right now are like, I know who God is. I'm good. That part wasn't for me. That's fine. Once you've got that, don't forget that first part, right? He doesn't suggest that you take five minutes for yourself. He says, lay it all down right there. I got you. But you gotta know who he is first. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today, Lord. I thank you so much for your word. Uh, I thank you so much for conviction on my own heart for this message. I pray that today, Lord, somebody, I know somebody needed to hear this. And I just pray that when Satan tries to tell them that they're not good enough for this thing, that they can't handle it, that you're not really that God, that you just squash that and give them the courage they need to press forward, Lord. When they open up your word, let them have a new intent. and Let them have patience. And let them pay attention to what's going on around the words that they're reading in hopes not to benefit their own life first and foremost, Lord, but rather to learn more about you so we can know about you, so we can appreciate you. And in doing so, Lord, allow us to be open to live the life that you call us to lead from that. Again, Lord, I thank you for every single person here in this room and for those that are watching this thing online. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, Want someone clap for me? It's not my mom. Yeah, I keep clapping. Uh, thanks, guys. So...
This is a little connection card. You can pick one of these up at the connection center if you want. I will say we've got a visitor center. If you're visiting with us, they're usually a lot more funny than that, I'll just tell you with the messages. But uh, we've got a visitor center. I really encourage you to go there, get a little gift, get some more information, let us get you plugged in. If you have questions about what's going on at the church and you're not visiting, head back to that connection center. Again, parents, check out that next talk uh, Bible study. I think it's super important. Moms, check that out. That's it. You guys have a wonderful week.